Yeah, how's it going, everybody? I'm Philip Wise. My friend Philip Wise. And if you wanted to, because um, I know you have like lots of dates, like lots of stuff you do, pretty regimented. Um, sure. If you wanted to just go through that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next Friday, the uh, 17th, I believe, I'm playing at Molly McPherson's in Richmond Hill, uh, Sunday in Beaufort at Brody's Bar and Grill. And I host open mics Monday through Thursday, Mondays at uh, Fiddler's Crab House from 7 to 9, Molly McPherson's Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 till 12, and White Whale from 7 to 9 every Wednesday. Very good. You can, you got an active schedule, one of the most active musicians out there. You got, you and then the Mercer guys are just always playing. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it going. It's it's uh I've I've managed to build a nice a nice repertoire of open mics that keep me at least steadily busy busy during the weekdays. Yeah. But you know, in the cold months it starts to slim down on those weekend dates. Mm. So I'm glad I've got it yeah, kind of working sure. out. Sure. You like you like running the open mics. You've been doing that for a oh, long I, time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's my favorite thing. It's one of my favorite things out there because I get to watch. I get to meet all kinds of new people that kind of some people who are moved to town and starting off, mm-hmm. and some people who are just passing through town who are amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, at this point, the amount of friends I've made just from just from running open mics or going to open mics. I went to open mics for three years when Craig Tanner ran them and, and mm-hmm. you know, multiple other open mics in town. And it, I mean, like you said, the Mercers, like I met the Mercers when they first moved to town and they were just cutting their teeth in town. Mm-hmm. And now they're one of the premier bands. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the, you know, the, the number of, number of friends, of course, whiskey and wine met them over at the wormhole one night out of the middle of nowhere. They've become, two of my best friends. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty important to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're, you're very, uh, you're, um, like the perfect guy for the job when it comes to that. Cause you're very, uh, you're very even headed. Uh, you don't hog the mic. You don't put unnecessary rules. Like you're just very good at what you do, um, in terms of running the show. Um, and in terms of playing, I think you play some of the most appropriate material for those kind of things to get things warmed up. I think you, in terms of like, if I was going as an open micer in my early, like you make the experience very comfortable. Like if I was like first time out, I would probably play because of you. Cause you make it very welcoming and warm and inviting for people. Well, I, I try to, uh, you know, I've, I've, when I first came out, I tried all the open mics and you know, a couple of them. I mean, they would, if, if I had only gone to those, they would probably deter me from playing. Yeah. Like I just felt, I felt uncomfortable with, with the hosts. I felt like they didn't want me there. And, yeah. 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 And I mean, to be, to be fair, like I was coming off playing very rough. Like I had yeah. my, my voice was, was strong, but my playing was, was very weak. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, a couple of them, like I said, they I didn't feel, I didn't feel wanted. I didn't feel like they would want me back. Now yeah. that, that probably is me projecting. Okay. But regardless, I needed somebody to make me feel a little comfortable about being there to want to come back. And Craig Tanner was... He was kind of the start of oh, that. Oh, he was, he was the major start. Like three weeks in playing and, and, he's, and he goes, man, I really like your songs. And I'm like, I needed that. I needed those words yeah. right then. Because yeah. that kind of encouragement just keeps you going sure. further and further. Sure. No, that's awesome. Craig, uh, Craig's been doing that a long time. 
um, before he before he left, he was running it for a couple years there. Yeah, um, he, he hosted uh, he hosted at Molly McPherson's, which I ended up taking over and yeah. over at Abe's on Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, is Abe still a thing? It is for right now, and, okay. and as of right now, I haven't heard anything about when they're closing. I have heard that they are obviously going to shut down for a little while when they build the hotel, mm-hmm. which is kind of tragic. Like that's yeah. if there is an open mic in town that is extremely worthwhile to go to for an individual artist that is the one mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's always a good time it's always a nice crowd and you can meet just a number of musicians in one go yeah mine are a little bit more laid back it's a little bit more about cutting your teeth and kind of getting used to uh kind of getting used to playing out for your first times sure you don't have as much intimidation and i, I try to put as little pressure as possible on everybody and encourage them to come back yeah so it's a little, you know, there are different scenes within all of that. Yeah, you're kind, of, you're cultivating something, which is really cool. Like, because um, I know personally, I've been doing it for a number of years, and I always know that if I want to, I can go down to Molly's on a Tuesday or uh, Fiddler's on a Fiddler's on Monday. Yeah, Fiddler's yeah. Monday. I got confused because we're doing it out of Dockside for a little bit there, but um, uh, yeah, I know I can always like if I have something I want to play and I need to get it out to people, like I can just swing by and and put it up and I know that that's sort of the working method for a lot of other people um, not to name names or anything but I, I I know that me personally and a lot of other people really appreciate what you do and then what um, who's running the Apes one is it still Suzanne yeah uh, Susanna yeah. Dyer Kennedy and yeah. Ethan Stewart are both always running it. always really happy when uh, um, I'm so bad with like I have all this stuff in my head, and then as soon as the mics are on, like sure. shit just goes out the window. Darian and Molly, like when they can step in, and you know, you got a conflict, and they take over. Yeah, they um, and, and you know, it's good to have people I can trust to do that kind of thing. But at this sure. point, I've built up quite a few people that I can call and ask to do it, and I trust that they'll handle it well. Like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've I've cultivated a, a few people that, like I said, I trust pretty pretty deeply. Yeah, yeah. How long? How long have you been playing in Savannah? Like, um, uh, actually playing out. It's only been, I think, it's been six years now. Okay, it's a good amount of time. Yeah, yeah, about three years playing originals, and now about three years playing for money and and doing bars and playing yeah. cover gigs. I mean, to be honest, it sounds like you've been doing it for twenty five years. Well, like I mean, you have, you bring that professionalism. Well, to be fair, like I mean, it's, uh, I did start playing guitar when I was fifteen. That's it's not. I just didn't, I had no intentions yeah, of going sure. any further with it. Okay. And, but you know, I tried to, uh, try to start a band with Adrian, my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were about 20, when I was about 20 years old, started picking up the drums to try and back him up. I liked his songs. I thought they had a lot of potential. And then I ended up having children and everything just kind of slowed down and came to a halt for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, then I got I got a divorce and it kind of lit a fire to want to write some songs about it. Yeah, and I did, and that brought me out the door. And you know, it's been it's been full steam ahead since. It's been great. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back to like what made you what made you pick up the guitar in the first place? Like what? Uh, uh well, I mean, a love of music, obviously, but but quite honestly, like a little bit of competitiveness. I had, okay. I had a number of friends in high school, like we had a guitar class at our school taught mm-hmm. by a teacher, Mr. Bacon, at uh, Jenkins High, 
and everybody kind of joined in. My best friend, Justin Foreman, joined in, started playing. And I was like, I want to do this too. I think I can do it better. Now Ooh. it's a mean, it's a <laughs> no, mean I feeling like to have. I like that. That's just, but, but, that shit's awesome. but I, but I feel that when I play now, like there's a competitiveness. I'm like, Ooh, they did really good. I want to get up there and yeah. do, I want to, I want to shine right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's an importance to that. That's a Absolutely. driving, that's a driving force. And it doesn't mean you don't love what everybody's doing, but it, it can propel you forward. So yeah, we were taking classes together and, and the whole time, like he's learning a song. So I'm like, I'm going to learn that same song. I'm going to do it better than he's doing it. And I hope he doesn't hear this. I'm going to pretend he won't because <laughs> no, I, I haven't confessed that to him. Just okay. every, just everybody around him. Yeah, no, that's no, I, um, I agree with that sentiment and I totally understand it. And I think it's such an important aspect of what we do. That sort of like, healthy competition edge because you want to do good you don't like there's there's a lot of passion in what we do so i think there has to be a lot of passion in the interactions that we have um i think as long as it doesn't turn toxic and as long as it's like man i hope he fucks up so i can look really you know shit like no, that's when you're on the the wrong side of no it. that's a it's a weird thing i want them to be amazing yeah, i want everybody yes. to see them and then i want to also be amazing absolutely um the boys and i were just talking about uh our favorite sets are the one where every band on the set kills, just crushes, destroys. Yes. That's, that's what you want. You don't want like, oh, I know this person's not ready for this position, so I'm going to put them as an opener. Right. They're going to suck, and then I'm going to look really good by comparison. I, I have no business with that. None, no. No interest in doing that. No. It, it, when you, everybody's on point, it's just a, it's an amazing night. Yeah, that's, that's what makes the best ones. That's why Abe's is so yeah. much fun. It's just a group of killers yeah. coming in there and playing all night. Sure. And, yeah. you know, and you just, and it's so many different styles, so many different things that are happening and you get to enjoy, mm-hmm. you, you can probably find what you want within that group. Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and then there's a camaraderie yeah. in that. Everybody it, comes out a winner. It does. Yeah, yeah, everybody does. When, um, in terms of like going back to when you're kind of starting out and you, you have this competition sort of vibe behind you and you're, you're trying to get, how long till you start like playing? for like just your immediate fan like the people that you would play for first uh i think the first person i started playing for was was a girlfriend obviously like i would i went out of my way to learn songs that she would sit around and sing with me okay but you know being a uh a high school kid of course you know get into drugs get into drinking have sure. those little parties and everybody's just sitting around and immediately i'm I liked I liked that kind of attention, despite being very shy mm-hmm. in the in communicating. Yes, yeah. Like yeah. performing is is the thing where I've I've come out. Yeah, and I feel I feel alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the rest of it, I feel awkward. Mm-hmm. So, so you're playing by you know like out in front of people like sixteen, seventeen stuff like just kind of at parties and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. It was it was kind of a steady thing at that point, like. We had a lot of we had a lot of different friends playing music at the same time. We had mm-hmm. this uh, my friend David Marchant. He had a a church that we all, I mean, you know, it's terrible. We were having parties at this church, but we had all the uh, we had all the instruments we needed and all these musicians. So I mean, we would just throw concerts in this church. And nobody bother us. That's We'd awesome. We'd just be down there at night, and everybody would kind of rotate in. It was a great time. That sounds fun. Yeah, it was God, fun. Damn. I want to go back. Yeah, I want to go back and experience it with Phil. Yeah, it was it was wild. <laughs> so and then, 
when did you uh when did you start getting up on like on stage more like you're doing now uh again craig tanner he uh he asked me one time if i could cover a gig for him over at blowing smoke Mm -hmm. didn't have enough material but i was like all right, let's let's give this a go. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried to make it a big thing to always say yes, even when I may not be ready for it, just mm-hmm. because I'm afraid that the fear will stop me from doing things that I am prepared for, and I'm just giving up too quickly. Okay. So I did it. I had to repeat a few songs. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to learn a few new songs, but overall it was, it was pretty good. And then uh, the Mercers asked me one time, to uh, if I could cover for him at the wormhole doing the happy hour sets, mm-hmm. and I became a regular Friday person there, so that let me start building out my song sets. I could get up, I could play, um, I could play terribly. Mm-hmm. I could play songs that I didn't know, and if they went bad, toss them aside, and just started gathering all the songs that that would become part of my repertoire now. Okay, so it's a real good jumping off point. Yeah, 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 for sure. I like I like how you're. Um... I like how you fight the natural inclination of being like, ah, maybe I'm not ready by just doing it no matter what. That's, that's extremely courageous. I think. Well, I I think you, you have to fight against it. I fought Mm -hmm. the other direction for so long. Mm -hmm. And then I just, when I wrote the first few songs, like I'm sitting around the house, I'm like, what am I going to, why am I writing a song if I'm not going to be compelled to go put this in front of people? Sure. And so, you know, go out with three songs I've written. That's all I have at first. No cover songs, nothing else. And I got up. And, and you know, if I left, if I walked out the door instead of doing it, I just would beat myself up more. So I have to go forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and actually saying yes probably was because of uh, Zulu Jones. Like he, you know, he early on when I was playing my songs, he asked me if I would play at the wormhole. Mm-hmm. And I him hemmed and hauled and just kind of was like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I can do this. And he's like, well, then you're not ready. I'm strong like, words. Yeah, strong words. And I, it's like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, 100%. You know, it, it has to be, yeah, of course, I'm excited. I want to be here. This is all I want to do. Yeah, this yeah. has to be all you want to do. It has to be like the no doubt point. Like, yeah. Even if, even if you know you can't cover the spread. But see, I could. That yeah. was the sad part in that oh, moment. Okay. Is I yeah. had more than enough music. It was just going to be like a thirty-minute set of me okay. just getting you were just, up there. You were just scared. I was scared. Okay. I was scared of the idea of of having that much time and having the ability to do that. And you know, hmm. I, I beat myself up for a few days, and I was just like, "No, I, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Let's do this." And he and, let me. And you did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How'd it go? It went good. I got a piano player out of nowhere to come do a thing we hadn't done, and we did it, and it went okay. Like, there you go. Like, you know, I was probably the softest uh, music up there that night, but yeah. it was good. It was fun. Yeah, and you needed to do it. I absolutely needed to do yeah. it, because from there, it just became looking for the next one to do. Sure. You know, sure. it became, Craig got me over at Pachi's. Uh, I've got to open up at the Jinx several times for uh, for Perpetual Care. Mm-hmm. As well as uh, Nathan Rodriguez got me to come play up there for some of their happy hours, and I just got to keep playing little sets of my songs, and that was that was crucial. Yeah, how how much original material do you have now? Yeah, it's about twenty songs. That's that's I, awesome. Yeah, it, I stopped I stopped probably two years ago writing. Probably the last time I wrote a song. Okay, it's the bad. It's it's the worst part of playing covers because an audience. 
an audience reacts to covers. They mm-hmm. know covers. And mm-hmm. so it feeds it feeds that thing when they when they cheer for you. But not it's not the same as when you play your own songs. Yeah. So I, I always hate that I haven't gone back to it. I want to. Okay. Pretty badly. You're gonna kinda do you have any plans for anything to do with it, like recording or um get uh, it out there? So many plans. But they <laughs> but they you know how plans sometimes yeah. go with this sort of thing. Um I, I've been working, I, I went out to, I can't remember his last name right now, this guy David out in Springfield recorded uh, some acoustic tracks for me. I know who you're talking about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been doing a lot for a lot of people lately. I wish I could remember his last name, because he's... Is it he's, Lynch? I don't think so. Okay, sorry. Um, but it could be. That's, that's <laughs> Well, but David out in Springfield. David, mystery person out in Springfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he's been doing great recordings for everybody. He's doing them... Uh, for a really fair price beyond what, what he should be doing. Like he's, he's amazing mm-hmm. and he's got all the right equipment. And so I, I want to continue with him some, um, because the, the, I got, I think five songs done acoustically. I've got a few songs that my brother Adrian did for me. And I really have loved mm-hmm. that. He's, he's always shown as a great, uh, kind of producer mm-hmm. for, for music. Yeah. Like he's, he's always grown with it. So you so you got you're trying to work it work it out Always. what you're gonna from do. every direction okay. from every direction possible yeah I'm trying like to outside fig- in right yeah okay and and I'm gonna keep working at that till I get it done because I think I think they need to be done they need to be expressed in some way for me to be able to go this is what I have this was me yeah and they and a lot of them dealt with me having a divorce so I mean they're very they're personal but yes. I don't even feel them as much now because I'm so far from the divorce but I want them to exist. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, I can tell you're going to want it to be done justice. Like you're not going to put it out if you don't think it's ready. No, I don't, I don't want to do anything like that. Like yeah. it, how can you, like you, you think about your favorite albums, what would they be if they weren't, you know, perfectly put together, sure. all the pieces put in the right places. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've had my songs done through other people and I haven't enjoyed what they became. And so they don't exist. They yeah. don't. Just pull they don't the plug. come out. Yeah, pull yeah. the plug on them. Yeah, and try again. And keep trying again until yeah. I get it right. This shows a lot of strength and resolve. And I think that's I think that's important in what you're trying to do for sure. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's it's tough to work with someone and and it not turn out because I feel like I disappoint them for not being happy with the product. Mm-hmm. But. But I, I, I imagine that they have to be in the same headspace. They have to understand where it comes from. Sure. I hope. Yeah. If they don't, I, I, I still can't put out something that I don't feel represents what I'm trying to get across with the song. Sure. Absolutely. So in terms of, you say you got about 20 originals. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've amassed an enormous amount of covers. Could you ballpark about how many of those you're working right now? Uh, about 300. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I, well, I'm trying so hard to, holy shit. I'm trying not to get bogged down into any genre, into any era. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to pull from everywhere. I try to pull a song at least from any artist. So if somebody asks for somebody, then I can try from the most popular artists that I can. And then I have songs for myself that mm-hmm. are, that are songs that I've loved from, from growing up. Mm hmm. And, uh, 
and it helps. Like I get, I, that's possibly the the most common compliment I get is is like, wow, you have a you have a really diverse uh, choosing of songs. Like it's, mm-hmm. and I'm I appreciate that. Like yeah. that's that's what I'm trying my best to go for. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like best about your playing is whatever you play, it sounds like you. So it doesn't matter if you're playing one of your originals, like one of my favorites. I don't know if this is the name of it. A Stars. Yeah, Stars. That's what it's called. That's one of my favorite songs. Um, I love that song. I can't wait to be able to like hold a physical copy of it or find it on some sort of listening uh, platform. Um, it doesn't matter if it's that or a Tears for Fears song or whatever you're playing. It's it's this interesting thing where it's coming from the heart and it sounds like you. And you do a really, really good job of getting that across with your playing. And I think that's impressive. I appreciate that. Uh, well, you know, Stars, um, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, Stars is one of the few songs that I started on and then came back like six or seven months later and actually finished. Most songs are done the day they're done to some degree. Like, mm-hmm. there might be a shifting of words. There mm-hmm. might be a, a changes in the music. But for the overall everything's structured and pretty much ready. Yeah. You get a good idea pretty quick normally. Yeah. Like I, well, you, you feed off that adrenaline of, of Mm. like, Oh, I'm writing something and you keep going until you have basically everything there. So stars is one of the few that, that came back around and Adrian did an amazing recording of it. Like I know he wants to go back and re-record it. Like he's Mm -hmm. learned new stuff, which is always the, the, the music producers biggest, problem is that they they're like i've learned new things and i want to redo it now i yeah. don't want i don't want what you have before quit telling people about that yeah, yeah so yeah. but on soundcloud you can find it and i i think it's beautiful i think he really kind of mm-hmm. nailed nailed the feeling of the song right off the bat mm-hmm. so it is on soundcloud it is yeah that one's on soundcloud and a few others okay i'll get um i'd normally post people's links on here i usually give like a centralized link for like um, a good way to find the other stuff. And then if there's a music page, I link that as well. So I'll find that. Okay. Yeah. We'll do, I'll, I'll get you my Facebook music page too. Cause yeah. that has, I, that, I that, that. Sh- that shows my cover songs. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I'm trying to use that more for that. And then if people like my songs, I try to send them to the SoundCloud page for mm-hmm. the few that are done. Yeah. Would so, you be okay with me linking both? Absolutely. Okay. I would love yeah. that. Yeah. Cause I think that that would show truly what going and seeing an open mic with, um, Phil Wise or catching yet one of your, you know, the three hour gigs you're doing that kind of shows what it shows a good, a good spread of who you are. Do you, do you get to sprinkle in some of your original material at the full stuff? Like the full shows? A lot of times I don't try to, okay. uh, I, I will do certain songs. There are songs that I would call poppier that I've written and yeah. I will sprinkle them in because, okay. because I feel like an audience, I, I don't think they would even be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Some of my songs are sad and personal in a way where I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know how much I want to interject this into the show. Mm-hmm. They probably aren't. I know these are songs. Some of the songs are the ones that people always loved that I played of my own. So I kind of feel bad about not playing them, but I leave them alone. Uh, a, a funny story. I went up to play at um Treehouse. I didn't go to play. I went to visit a friend. Mm-hmm. Kellen Powers up there. And occasionally when I go up, he'll go, oh, would you like to play a few songs? Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure, absolutely. So I'm playing cover songs to this group of people who are already listening to him. And he's like, hey, will you play one of your songs for me? It's my favorite song of yours. It's called Change and Shift. 
he recorded that song for me. It's also on the SoundCloud page. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, I don't know, man. This is a sad song for these people. They, you know, he's like, no, no, it's going to be great, man. And everybody's like, yeah, play your song. Play your song. <laughs> and so the first verse is very hopeful. It's about falling in love with somebody and that you're going to be with them forever. Mm-hmm. The second verse is we're falling apart and we got to get away from each other. Mm-hmm. So I start into the second verse, and I just hear somebody from the back go, oh, no, it's a sad song. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I didn't want to play it. Yeah. You know it. I know my audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, God, there's nothing worse than a, an audience <laughs> member that's louder than the PA. Oh, boy. It is, <laughs> it is a mess sometimes. Did you finish the song, though? Absolutely. Yeah, always, yeah. always finish the Fuck song. Yeah. The story had a good ending, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, fuck him. I don't, I don't understand this like, uh, um, this obsession with not wanting to like sad songs. Some people just can't handle it. It's, it's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the song. It's by Elton John. It's called "This Train Don't Stop Here Anymore." Uh, not by name. Okay, it's it's off of one of the later albums, like post two thousand. Um, okay, songs from the West Coast. Um, but it's slow and it's sad. It's a ballad, like, right. and it's it's very heavy lyrically and i was playing it for my girlfriend at the time and her sister was in the car as well and like she physically could not listen to the song she's like it's too sad like it's destroying me some people can't handle it it's really interesting i I think it comes from a a, from an artist mentality man i think i think most art is expressed from kind of a sad place and so i think we kind of enjoy Sad songs, sure. like especially. I mean, it's always musicians that like my sad songs. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. they utterly enjoy them, and I do too. That's those yeah. are the ones I'm looking for. Are the ones that kind of cut, they kind of cut your heart a little bit when yeah. you hear them. You, and that's the passion behind it. It is the passion yeah. behind it. But I think that, you know, you deal with people who are living in a top forty world, and they they don't want any of that. They want to dance, and they want to drink, and they want to. They just want to hear a thing they can already sing to. And if it's something outside the norm, they just, they, it can't be sad. Mm. So, I mean, I, even when I pick my songs that are for me during the, uh, you know, during my three hour sets, I try to venture away from sad songs or if they are a sad song, it's a fast paced, poppy sounding sad song. And so nobody, trick them. Yeah. Fucking trick them. Hell yeah. That's like that, um, uh, pumped up kick song. Oh, everybody was like, Oh, I like it. And then it's like, Oh, this is about school shootings, by the way, if you listen to the lyrics. I love when I love when uh, songs do that. When songs trick people, that's my oh, favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's a uh, oh, what's his name? I think it's Hozier has a song mm-hmm. that's you know it's this this beautiful song, but it's about domestic abuse, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. whoops, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but that got radio play. It did get radio play. <laughs> or Beck Beck Girl, you know, yes. it's about it's about yes. uh, a serial killer hiding. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, here's a, th- cause I feel like we're kind of like working this out in the moment. Cause I, I have thought about it. I've never really tried to conceptualize it, but in terms of, we were talking about artists and sort of, uh, musicians appreciating sad songs. Do you think, do you personally kind of embrace suffering and like sadness? Like, Oh yeah. That's, okay. That's... You just kind of, you're, you allow yourself to sit with it. I do, but I mean, I don't even just sit with it. Like I'll push it because it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I will wallow in that sadness, but it's not as bad as I'm saying it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just like, if I'm sad, I'll have a playlist that is sad songs, like songs to just kind of push that over the edge and just 
kind of enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like press the wound a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I get that. No, because that, that's I'm coming from a similar sort of place with how I handle that. So maybe that has to do with why we're okay with sad songs. It's not like, not necessarily desensitization, but a familiarity with it maybe. Well, I think that anytime anybody writes a song, it comes from a place of passion. And that passion could be happiness too. Yes. But, but sadness is so much more... You know, it's so much more vital. Like it, it comes mm-hmm. out of you so in, in such a big way, yeah, and, and 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 in a bigger way. Like anger and sadness, like they they make you want to to express them somehow. Like yeah. you feel the need to express how you're feeling in that moment. And if you're a writer, or you write songs, or you draw, you paint, or anything like you express it in that that mm-hmm. particular manner. Mm-hmm. Happiness is is harder. It's harder to do. Because if you're happy, then you're already kind of content. You don't want to. Yeah. You don't feel that compulsion to get it out mm-hmm. in the same way. You, you're just already content. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that I've noticed within my own writing is it's much harder for me to write a happy song than it is to write a happy sounding song. But it's, you know, more sad or at least peppered in with some elements of sadness or anger or sure. whatever. I, and I think, I think you're right. I think there's, there's no motivation for productivity behind my happiness. I just sort of try to sit in and enjoy it. Whereas, yeah. like, um, songwriting is a very vital process to me, processing more n- negative emotions and things along those lines. Um, I think you made a lot of sense just now. And I'm trying, I'm kind of, I'm trying to run a podcast, but I'm also trying to process because sure. I think it's, um, you just gave me some very vital information. Well, you know, when I think about, uh, so like I said, about 20 songs, a number of them are sad. I've got a few that I would actually call happy, like they're hopeful songs, but they're written even in sadness of me going, I hope this happens. Yeah, yeah. I hope this is where I get to. They're not they're not actually me being happy and writing the story of me being happy. They're they're like, "Oh, I hope I hope I find this person that's going to matter. I hope that I find my way back to feeling normal again." Mm-hmm. Or stars, you know, it's I wouldn't call it a happy song. I'd call it a journey. I'd say it's yeah. a, it's about connection, but it's not about it's not about love. It's not about actually being happy. It's about, "Hey, we're on this journey. We're on a very similar journey. Why don't we enjoy it mm-hmm. together as a whole yeah yeah um and stars is an interesting one because it does hit me in that way where it's it's definitely not giddy and it's not sad um but it's it's pensive right like, there's a lot of thought in the song, not just in terms of like the actual physical manifestation of the song but in terms of like how the lyrics are interacting with the song and, and the structure and in, in and of itself like there's there's a lot of uh, like active experiencing going on in that song. Yeah, well, it's 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 an odd it's an odd song because it's I know that it's people's favorite. It's not my favorite, but I also but I can look at the words and go, I feel very proud of what yeah I wrote here. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it tells a story from start to finish, and it and it has a little a little twist in the middle, and it's. And it's catchy. Like yeah. it's it's one of those songs that uh, my friends, other musicians, like I'll hear them sing at the chorus. It's a very, mm-hmm. which will fill your fill your heart up. Like when you hear everybody, it because that's that's the 
that's the journey you want to see with your songs is you want to see people enjoy them yeah and 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 connect to them and sing them especially i always find that to be fun mm-hmm. i always i always think it's funny with norton with uh everyone you know you know mm-hmm. it's a fucking party over here yep like you just hear the room it's just catching in that way and, and it's it's actually again it's not a happy song but it's it that chorus makes you think it is and people are like yeah, yeah i love this song yeah it's powerful it is powerful and it's deceptively powerful it's deceptively powerful because if they got to the rest of the words they'd be like oh he's not happy with them yeah <laughs> it's not necessarily a party over here no it is not a party not over in there. terms of what the the narrator's talking about but that's a, that's what a great song is is this one that kind of throws you throws you off i love deceptive songs i cannot say that i cannot stress that enough me too in terms of uh just a sidebar. Um, this was actually like a really um, interesting moment for me down here in terms of the scene, because uh, Norton and I were talking one night, and I think we were on the same bill, and they had just started premiering that song, everyone you know. So it was like the second, maybe third time me hearing it, and I went to him and I was like, "Hey man, when you go to do a release, this is your first song." And he was like, well, I think, uh, I think our first song's probably going to be making friends or he, he named sure. a couple other ones. And I was like, Norton, I'm telling you, just like, you don't have to take my advice, but from where I'm standing, like that should be your first song. And then I didn't see him or the, the rest of the perpetual care gang. And we're on another bill together, like a month, month and a half later. And he came back to me and he was like, you're right about that song. And I was like, oh shit. Like, cause it didn't come from like an egotistical place. It just came from a like, oh, sh-, like hell yeah he was like you t- you were right about that and it was like not a i told you so thing it was like that's awesome yeah like glad i could help sort of thing well i think it i think what happens with a lot of the songs is excuse me no you're, um, you're fine i think you see people put out their song and, and they they're hoping for a reaction they're hoping mm-hmm. that they can see it built up but I, I don't know about you personally, but myself, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of anxiety when I present a song the first time. I'm like, is this good? Mm-hmm. Is it just good to me or other people going, is it going to resonate with them? Mm-hmm. And I imagine that song was the same for him, but as as he plays it and people are going, oh, it's a fucking party over here. It's a mm-hmm. fucking party over here. Like that hook. And mm-hmm. I, I see people, he, you know, he works at uh, Molly McPherson's now every Tuesday and Thursday. So he plays every week and oh, he okay. plays that song. Yeah. And you see people, they get into that song. They get that hook. All the bartenders, all everybody who works there knows that hook and mm-hmm. they're waiting for him to play that song. That is a powerful song and it will probably end up becoming a song he hates at some point because yeah, it's so yeah. because it's the one that people want. Yeah. And there's an there's an uh there's a chaos to it. Like you can't predict what song people are going to like. You can't like you can write a song with the best intentions ever and you're like this part is so catchy and this part is so meaningful and it's set up in just the right way so people will like this part but then they'll like it more, listen back and they'll start getting the meaning. Um, and people might fucking hate it. You yeah. have no idea. No, but they will. Somebody's going to hate your song. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's that's yeah. the thing. I, I I try to get people to understand that. Like you're not going to make everybody happy. You got to be yeah. happy with who you make happy. Yeah. You you can't worry about you can't worry about everybody. But but you keep on with the song until you see how far it goes and who all kind of gets into it first mm-hmm. your first first thing you want is musicians mm-hmm. if musicians are going oh that's a really good song that's good yeah then if it keeps going and you see that audience members who are not 
musicians, people who, who don't really care about this, mm-hmm. then they're also, they really love your song. It's like, okay, there's something more there. Yeah. You've, you've sort of, you've connected the bridge. Yeah. You've hit the two target audiences. Cause if you're hitting the musicians, that means you've constructed it well and there's craftsmanship. Right. And if you're hitting the audience, that means you've made it catchy or appealing enough yeah, to does. people that don't play music. And you've sort of like melded, you've got, you've got that sweet spot. Yeah, it's 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 it, it takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of uh, of anxiety to get through. But once mm-hmm. you get there and you see that people are enjoying something, it it's it's the best feeling. Absolutely, like it's, it's it's the thing that kind of keeps pushing you forward. Like you know, I got I got a lot of very kind accolades about my songs early, and I was like, oh, this is strange. Mm-hmm. I would never, I was not expecting anything, but it it but I had a lot of people who were very very, very kind about my songs. Mm-hmm. Like people I, I didn't even know I was really getting along with in that way. Like Jeff from the wormhole, I always thought we were kind of at odds in a yeah. way, yeah. you know, that we didn't like the same thing. So he didn't really like what I was doing until it became, Oh, I really like what you're, I like your songs a lot. Mm-hmm. Can I play on some of your songs when I'm up here? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. That's a good feeling. Oh, it's an amazing feeling. So stars isn't your favorite. What's your favorite song that you've written? Uh, Change and Shift is probably my favorite song. Okay. Now, now the recording is on SoundCloud, but that's not my favorite recording. It okay. just is on there. Okay. I, I would probably present it in a different way because the way it's on there is very perky and peppy. Okay. But that's the song I was telling you when I was at uh, the the treehouse. Yeah. Like I played it and somebody says sad. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's that song, and I like it because it, again, it tells a story. It's very catchy, but it's catchy and yet it's telling a really kind of sad sad tale of being of falling in love and then falling apart and then having to accept that things just can't get better. Mm -hmm. And it was deeply personal. I remember, you know, I remember every moment of writing it. I mean, I remember writing it and I remember waking up in the middle of the night after having written the song that was happy throughout. I was like, that isn't right. I wake up with my notepad next to me and I'm like, no, next verse has to be sad. This has to be the falling apart part and the chorus is going to change. The chorus isn't going to be the same throughout. It's going to be falling apart as well. Mm. And it just, it's not a complicated song. It's actually extremely simple, but it's, it, it, it always caught me in a way that I've loved. Mm. So I, I don't play it as much as, as I used to, but whenever I play it, I still, I just love it. I'm interested to, to know if I've heard it because I've heard a lot for, of your you, material, but I don't have that. Uh, I don't always have access to go back and listen to some of your songs. Yeah. You've, you've definitely heard it. We've, okay. I, I almost certainly played it when we played at the, uh, at the Cine of Bean together. Okay. Okay, cool. Cause it, I'll recognize it then. Yeah. Um, do you perform it in any sort of vastly different way than what's on the record or only in that there there's a, complete instrumentation on there like it, okay it, there's there's bass and drums and everything mm. and i think piano too even but it's just it's perky okay on there okay whereas like i would probably present a song that's perky at the beginning and you just kind of start seeing it become this somber but still driven song as it went along and you kind of articulate that out better by yourself i do okay yeah, especially when you hit the end and the guitar just becomes just a, a light playing. Mm. Mm. And, you know, and as I kind of, I dig my heels in and sing the chorus with, with a little bit of, of anger, but also being upset, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, 
like I said, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite songs of mine. Okay. I can't recall it off the top of my head, so I'm excited to go back and listen to it. Yeah. And I'm sure immediately I'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this one. I, um, like you said, you never can predict what sticks in people's heads, but uh, I like the I like the backstory you provided for that one. How much? So t- um, I know we go keep going back to this number, but twenty songs. Um, how many How many songs did you sort of have? Like, how many did you write while you were processing your divorce and sort of the sad times? Uh, probably about ten. Okay. Probably about 10 songs. Uh, the Change and Shift song was the fifth song. The, uh, let's see. The, like there was only, in the beginning there were, there was only one song that was strictly about the divorce when I first came out. One of them, one of, one of the songs was called The Moon, The Sun, and I, and it was about uh, kind of understanding this is just a journey and mm-hmm. I've, and I've got to just get through it, but mm-hmm. it's not sad. It's just, it's, it's just kind of an adventure to go on. Okay. Uh, the second song leaving town was pretty much strictly about that. It was, it was about, I'm, I'm looking, I would love to come back. I want to come back. I want to somehow make this work. I don't know how to make this work. Uh, and the third one was after midnight and after midnight was me go. It was what I was saying earlier about writing a happy song. It's, it's about meeting that next person. It's mm. about, I'm going to get past this, but it probably is going to take falling in love again in mm. order to get there. But After Midnight was, was the song that Craig kind of took to and, and, and really gave me a lot of uh, hope towards playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was interesting being out there. Uh, I think my third or fourth week out, you know, we were talking about these magical nights of these amazing players. And one of those nights, like I met probably most of the people that I've become friends with now. Uh, Ethan Stewart was out there. Stephen Bumgardner, mm-hmm. Brett Scott, uh, Isaac Smith, mm-hmm. like these really amazing players. And I was so inspired by how great they were that they actually made me start. I went, wanted to go home and write more songs. Mm-hmm. Like I went home that night, and wrote a new song, Tapping back into that original fill, yeah, the competitive edge, yeah. I I want, and, and that that became an important thing. That's that's what drove me for a long time. There was was I was here. This new material people would bring out, and be like, I want more. I want more material. I want right, right. You didn't want to be the sad duck playing the same three songs every no. week. Yeah, no. Yeah. And so I mean, by by like the fourth week I had my fourth song the fifth week I had my fifth song like for a little while there like it was just kind of steady you're on a roll yeah I was on a steady roll and then then I slowed down I had a bunch of half started music but no words and I still do like Mm -hmm. I've I've got a massive amount of material in that uh, kind of in that way yeah sure Sure. like I've tried to sit down with people and, and, and work with them but I don't seem to do well with that okay because if somebody else writes the words, like I don't, I don't feel them. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel them, then I, I'm less interested. Like it doesn't, it doesn't grab my attention. Have you ever had somebody mess around with the music a little bit while you kind of try to get the words coming? Uh, no, I haven't tried yeah. that. Okay. Cause I, I understand the, the lyrical, um, hesitancy for sure. Like I don't, like I'm very, I'm like a chef in the kitchen like don't mess with my recipe like with lyrics it's like that's kind of my sort of 
and it's not that people can't have good points or also be good at lyrics. It's just sort of like that's a very like like secret sauce kind of area. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what I one of the things I play back to like comedy. Like you'll hear some people talking about when they're writing material. Somebody will be like, "Oh, here here's a tag for a joke. Let me mm-hmm. give you a little extra piece." And they're like. You didn't let me get there myself. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want that. Right. Right. And I feel that. Like I feel that strongly. I'm like I, I don't I, I don't want your help. I want to get there myself. I'm I've tried. I tried because I wanted these songs to get finished. But, you know, now I have songs dead in the water because I'm like they're attached to these words, but I don't feel any of these words. Mm-hmm. So I've put those songs aside. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a number of songs that are finished that I would never play. Okay. Do you, do you, in terms of the music being alive, could you go back and kind of rework your own words in there, do you think? I've, I've thought about it, but I mean, it's like I have a song that a friend wrote all the words to, mm. and I tried to sing. And immediately once the music starts playing, like I, I remembered the words, so I start singing that version of the song. It's very hard for me to disassociate those words from that song. Okay. I would love to. Like the tune that, that they're to was one of my favorites that I had first written. It was probably one of the more complicated ones for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was always kind of excited about it. Okay. So this was a case where you wrote the music, somebody else wrote the words, and now you're kind of They stuck. almost just gave me a poem. And, and I just started okay. trying to shift the poem into into a song form. Because mm. I, don't, I don't usually work that way. I usually work, I do all the music, yeah. I'll start mumbling something out, yeah, I'll yeah, get yeah. like, and I'll get four lines, and I'll be like, okay, here are these four lines, I like what they're saying, but what are they saying? Mm-hmm. And now, I'm going to tighten that up, mm-hmm. and build, build out from that, yeah. from that piece. And that's your process. That is and, my process. Yeah. And in that way, you're sort of baking your identity into what, you're wanting to say. Yeah. So if somebody come somebody else comes in, it's not necessarily that they're not good. You just don't have that sort of like connection with those words. You don't have that I, I don't rapport with them. But you know, I might do better now. Like I haven't I haven't tried to go back to it since singing cover songs as a mm-hmm. as a whole now because I have to I've had to get used to and figure out how to sing cover songs with passion too. Mm-hmm. That isn't an immediate an immediate thing yeah. because again it's not my words it's not my songs I'm presenting songs that you already know and love so of course they're going to hit if I can do them justice people are going to like them sure so I've had to get used to that mm-hmm. so I, I should give it another go but as of right now I haven't yeah. I haven't tried it out um, in terms of I'm sorry sometimes I had a sometimes I had a You're dead fine. spot in terms of my memory I had something I wanted to say but uh, I'm going to kind of just let that thought go. You come from like kind of a family of musicians. Cause, but your dad started playing later in life, right? I grew up, I grew up with my dad playing around the house. Like oh, he, okay. he, just had, he had a Beatles book in the house, mm-hmm. and uh, he would just play these songs. I remember him playing Rocky Raccoon and Yesterday all the time for us, and mm-hmm. it was my favorite thing to listen to. And eventually my brother picked up the same book and picked up a guitar and started doing the same thing. But, uh, what actually dad, my dad, uh, Randy, he, he really kind of is the reason I'm probably out here to some degree. I, uh, when I split up with my, with my ex, I, I was hanging out with a friend one night and she, she's like, Hey, can you play this song? 
I'm like, uh, you know, I don't know it. I guess we could look online and see. I pulled it up. It was like, oh, yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. No problem. I can play this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went home and I started just compiling a book of songs to just start playing. Mm-hmm. And that was exciting. And my dad, he he's watching me and he's like, I'm going to do that too. Mm-hmm. So we both just have these big books of songs. But he got tired and he started writing his own songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him and I'm like, yeah, why the fuck am I not writing my own songs? Why am I sitting here playing these other songs? I have something I need to get out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I started writing. I wrote my first three songs, and, and I'm just sitting around the house, and I'm like, hey, man, I got to go somewhere. I'm going to go. I'm going to go find an open mic. Mm-hmm. And so I went out. I found an open mic, found uh, Molly McPherson was the mm-hmm. first one. And then a few months later, he's like, yeah, you're doing it. Why wouldn't I do it? <laughs> and then my brother, right after that, he's like, yeah, what are we doing? Why are... <laughs> so, I mean, everybody kind of kind of just started coming out all at once. Yeah. But it was great. Like, my brother and I, we had played for a long time. We lived in a house together, and, and, and we would, were working on songs. We were building these songs up. They were great. And But I think he was too afraid to walk out the door at that point. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to very badly. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it never manifested. So now I managed to somehow get him out the door and he's playing his songs. I still came out and played drums for him at the wormhole a lot. Mm -hmm. When we, when we got out there, we had our old piano player suddenly started coming out. Like we just had this revitalization of of something that felt lost. Mm -hmm. Like something we, we, I just thought would never occur. Yeah. And then it, it, it became amazing. It's interesting that you all kind of primed each other's pumps. Like you're, it seemed like you all kind of needed that at the same time. And then all it took was one of you to start doing it. Yeah. And then you just all started like, that's so interesting. That's really interesting. Well, uh, it's, that's, it's almost like that same thing of seeing the friend play guitar. And I'm like, I'm going to play guitar. Yeah. Now. yeah it's yeah. It, I, yeah, I need that. I, I, if I see somebody else doing something, I get excited. It's just like you said, a healthy competitive nature kind of can, can drive you in the right direction. Sure. Like, I mean, I can look at people, I, I clearly see that there are people who are more accomplished on their instruments and everything. And I'm, I, I'm just like, I can get there. Mm-hmm. I can oh, yeah. do that. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. It's, it's good. It's good for me. And speaking of, um, your brother's very talented. He's so soft spoken about it though. And like, <laughs> even when he's playing, he's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting because he's, he's got the gift. Like he's doing everything he should supposed, to. and especially when like he and Molly sit down together. Good God, yeah. it sounds incredible. Well, it's it's very interesting. Uh, Molly, you know, we met Molly and Darian at the wormhole one night. It was he and I playing. He was playing guitar, and I was playing drums. Mm-hmm. And and our band back in the day was called Every Inch a King. Mm-hmm. And so we're playing out there, and all of a sudden Molly comes up. She's like, "Are y'all Every Inch a King?" And we're like. What is going on right now? Who are you? And why do you even know this name? Mm-hmm. And it turned out that uh, my brother had a writing partner, uh, Sam Axon. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Sam worked with Molly when she was like a little kid mm-hmm. out, at, out at her father's restaurant. And he gave her a CD of songs we had made oh, shit. on this old recorder. And so she had all of our songs. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so that, that fueled us into kind of this amazing friendship out there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was... that's very exciting but yes adrian is adrian is somebody that i i admire a lot musically like yeah. like i love his songs and like the songs you hear aren't even some of my favorite songs which is always yeah. such a tragedy yeah. 
But I understand what his problem with those are is that he's far away from them too. They mm-hmm. don't mean what they did when they were written. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, at this point, it's probably 15 years since most of these songs were were done, and he continues to work on new songs. Yeah, which is good. It is, but that's I, that's hard. I can't imagine trying to like keep in the emotional state of like a 15 year sort of longevity kind of thing. Like that's, sure. that's hard. It's yeah. Odd. It's, it's, it's odd when You're you see a different band. fucking person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, but he, he's always been somebody who he's, he's the person who presents me with music. Like most of the music I've grown up with, like, he's like, here, here's this band. Listen to this. Mm-hmm. I really love this. And he's been there. He's, he pushes music at me all at all times and continues to, to this day. Like mm-hmm. anything new I find is almost always through him. I, I rarely, I, when I was younger, I would go buy CDs constantly. Like I would mm-hmm. read blender magazine and go, Oh, I'll go through all the reviews and buy all these amazing albums that they had reviewed. Mm-hmm. But then I reached a certain point where I kind of got stagnant on that. Yeah. I, I started listening to more comedy than music. And so he would just keep presenting new stuff to me. And so, most of the stuff I've heard past a certain point has only been because of him, mm-hmm. which has been amazing. Yeah. He's always been the musically driven person. Is is he still at Molly's? Is he still? No, he's doing a, uh, he's working a new job. I can't remember the name of the company, but he basically uh, runs between hospitals, runs uh, things that they need. Oh, cool. Like if one hospital has uh, some, I guess some materials that they need, he'll, yeah. he'll run them back and forth. Oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's Good. worked out nice. It's, it's, has put him in a, in a very stable point in his life. Good. That's excellent to hear. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, so what's your, what's your plans from here? Like what, do you have anything solid kind of lined up? I have a couple of things I want to start doing. I, I want to, uh, the, I, I assume this won't go forever. There will become kind of a slowing down point. It's nice that it's happened. So I'd like to get to a point where I can, uh, start doing more, promotion for people like i'd like to i'd like to figure out how to help help people promote themselves and get out but i'd also like to start helping uh restaurants and stuff with booking like i'd like to see if i could go around okay because i i think i think i think they struggle i think most of the restaurants around here struggle with the fact that they go i've got four people and i'm going to use them over and over again yeah and, and the thing is, the thing about that, like I've, I've tried to tell uh, even the people at Fiddlers, like I have a standing Monday gig where I play two hours on happy hour and I'm like, you're going to grow tired. Yeah. You can't hear me every week yeah. and it be okay because mm-hmm. you know what I'm going to play. Like I have a certain group of songs that I'm for certain going to play because an audience is going to love them. I should be here once a month, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You need to to mix people up for sure. You, you have to, and I I don't, and I think that they're looking for the least amount of work, so they yeah. just grab who they grab, and then they start hating the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't want that. Well, it's almost like they, well, because they're so focused on like one aspect of it, which is the like the food, which, yeah, because they're a fucking restaurant, um, but. Like you're saying, they're kind of looking for that lowest common denominator. So like, okay, great. We booked you for Monday. You come in, you play two hours, um, total music time. Uh, and then, but they want you to come back next week, but they're almost expecting like 65% of your material to be different or something. Like, right. Yeah. That's a big ask. Yeah. And I know, I know it's bad because I mean, at a certain point I hear somebody go, 
oh yeah you always start with that song and it's like yeah i do I, yeah. yeah i start off with these two songs almost yeah. i start off with a little help from my friends mm-hmm. from beatles and uh everybody wants to rule the world mm-hmm. i almost always start with those songs because they're they're good starting points for me for vocally yep and then most people know them and they can get what i'm doing very quickly yeah yeah they they you're setting them up for like here's here's what you're in for yeah yeah and those are great i like how you brought up the um like that's sort of your warm-up because yeah. like you don't have time like you're rushing from job to job you get to that gig uh like you don't have time to go in the back for 15 minutes and do vocal exercises right and the thing that's baked in about that trade craft is start with shit that's easy for you to sing because you're going to warm up i do the same thing with my guitar playing like i don't start with the hardest fucking song for me to play no my hands aren't ready yeah you play a couple feeling good then play the hard song yeah well that's always been i i feel like i'm not at my best till about five songs in. oh yeah 100 yeah. percent. i'm warming everything up yeah 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 so but I want to do that. Yeah, I want to. I want to start helping them. I want, I would like to do that for them. Now I don't know that anybody's going to let me. But mm-hmm. but I've met people who are doing that. Yeah. You know, they play out, but they also just help like sixteen or seventeen restaurants booking them. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I could I could do that because I also have my finger on the pulse of musicians. Yeah. Whereas they don't. They yes. they yeah, yeah. they they know their friends or they get their they get somebody who has been suggested to them, but they're mm. not in the middle of it. They don't know what they're going to get. Right, right. Uh, you know, I've recently started working for a restaurant, which I'm, I'm not going to name, but but like they just hired every random that sent them a, 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 a message, and it's like, all right. Yeah. Like you don't yeah. know what you're in for now. Right. Like, like some people are going to be, it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because uh, like a move like that, you might take this guy who may have just moved to town two weeks ago, doesn't really know what people want to listen to down here, right. and probably can't cover the spread, or may not fit the bill. Whereas they passed up on a like an experienced guy because of just they were like, let's just meet this quota, like six people. Right. Meanwhile, they passed up three or four guys that would have been absolutely perfect for the job. Yep. So that's that's an interesting that's an interesting position you bring up, and I think you'd be fucking great at that. Yeah, I, I I think I would be fair with it. Like, yeah. and, and I want to get a bunch of places because I'm also not trying to steal work from people. Sure. I want to give as many people possible, like, n- just new places to play and new audiences, and 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 not let them get to a stagnant place. That's right, right. You know where where these restaurants are unhappy mm-hmm. because they because they're just tired of listening to somebody. Yeah. Like I, I've I've run into that so many times playing at places where I I hear staff come up to me and they're just like, thank God, thank yeah. God you're you're playing some different some different things like we get these same guys over and over again and mm-hmm. it's just like yeah I understand I yeah, said, and sure. I'm, I'm like I don't want to be here over and over again yeah for you. absolutely you know but also that's also part of doing trying to have 300 songs so that <laughs> I can be like. Well, it, you might hear a few, but I'm going to yeah. try to switch it up for you as sure. much as I can. And I'm trying to learn new songs at all times. Yeah. I think, and and like another benefit to setting it up that way where you're kind of like the central, like you're in charge of that. You're the manager of that. And you've got 16 restaurants or venues that you're working for. You are the go-between. So you kind of have this pool of contacts where like, let's say something happens on a Friday night and like so-and-so is supposed to be playing at Fiddler's. But they like to have to drop for some reason. Well, you're in, you know, 
five other dudes. They're off that night, and some, somebody's going to play. Yeah. So, like, if you were in tr- like, that's an interesting um, setup. And I think if you pitched it and you, like, you, you develop it out, like, people are going to go for it. Yeah, well, I think sure. we, I think we need it. Like, I think we need it in a bad way. 100%. Because there's, um, there's a guy in Charleston that, like, I don't think he does restaurants, but he does, like, the local live music venues if they're bars. And I don't know if they some of them are restaurants, but he, like... He's that kind of finger on the pulse guy. Like this band's good. I had him at this thing. They can cover this night. Like he's doing that. Yeah, and I and I try to do that too. Like I try. I I I got very lucky this past summer. Like everything picked up in a big way. Like mm. this was this was my best year so far, and I'm I'm hoping it'll keep going. But it became so much that I was getting offers from places where I'm like I'm already playing. Yeah. But I'm like, but let me show you all these people who I've met through this open mic, which is the best part. These people who need to get their foot through the door and they should. Mm-hmm. They they're 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 doing so well. Mm-hmm. But they have a hard time getting that first step going and I I can help them. Yeah. And you know, and I've got extra equipment for somebody who doesn't have any. I can go here. You can borrow this and take this in to this other place and go forward. Like mm-hmm. I want to see everybody going forward and that, and that puts me in a unique position to do that. So I was sure. able to help uh, many friends get new places they haven't played before or get new people who haven't p- been able to play hardly at all. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like that feeling too. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. Like you're helping, you're helping everybody come up and that's awesome. Well, and that's an important part of the whole thing is everybody's got to lift everybody up. Like yeah. you can't, it, it can't, if, if it becomes competition, then it, I mean, I, I get it. I get what the competition is. I know there's a finite amount of, of, of places for people to play and money to be made, but every time you step on somebody's throat to get somewhere, like you're, you, you're going to lose something there. Yeah, You're going to lose any, any future help from them as well. I'd prefer to help them, and then maybe one day they'll want to help, and if they don't, they don't. That's fine too. Help everybody Yeah, and just see where that gets you as opposed to, you know, trying Try to, to beat them. Up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> such an odd, it's yeah. such an odd approach. Sure, dude, Phil, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Uh, do you want to um, plug all those dates one more time on the tail? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we do open mics uh, Mondays at Fiddler's from seven to nine. Uh, Molly McPherson's every Tuesday and Thursday from nine till twelve. Wednesdays at the White Whale. Uh, from seven to nine every Wednesday, and we and I'll be playing Friday the seventeenth at Molly McPherson's in Richmond Hill from seven till ten, and then I'll be in uh, Beaufort at Brody's Bar and Grill from one to four. Fuck yeah, excellent man! Thank you for coming and sitting down and doing this. With yeah, me. thanks for having me, Brendan. Really right. appreciate it. That's a wrap.